Smartcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers. Fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure that I have the opportunity of presenting special guest Barbara Schutten to the show today. Barbara is an experienced transformation coach, speaker, and author. She's helped thousands of highly sensitive people, empaths, intuitives, soulpreneurs, and other energy-sensitive aliens all over the world to embrace and accept themselves fully and connect to their true, authentic self. By getting to know their own user manual through and through, discovering their passion and calling and devising effective energy, stress, and emotion management strategies so they can finally create a life for themselves that makes their heart sing. Barbara has written four books and three online programs, and she's regularly writes blogs on LinkedIn that have helped many others come out of the closet when it comes to spirituality. She has her own TV show called HSP TV on YouTube, in which she talks about all things HSP, energy, authenticity, and soulful entrepreneurship related. She's the host of the podcast called 100% Yourself with Barbara, on which she discusses everything you need to know to be able to be 100% yourself on which she also interviews other inspiring people to share their story about being 100% themselves. 
Her podcast can be found on most podcast platforms. Barbara's style can best be described as easygoing and down to earth with a dose of genuine love, care, and compassion. She helps intuitive all around the world and helps them to understand that they can go from overwhelm and confusion to clarity and peace of mind by combining strategies and practical knowledge with experience and useful tips along the way. Barbara has created the Authentic Soul Power System and the Soulpreneur Success System, and is the founder of HSP Power Academy. She's been a guest speaker on various TV shows, podcasts, and blogs, and her goal is to always inspire and help others to gain a better understanding of how to be 100% yourself and how to make a lasting and transformative change to improve your life. It's, I'm just so excited to have Barbara's information and, and to share this with our audience today. And it's with great pleasure I welcome Barbara to the show. Welcome to the show, Barbara. Thank you for having me, Jason. It's been an honor to be here. It's an honor to have you. I want to ask you, I know we had a benefit of talking last week, and I know you're in the Netherlands right now. I love the Netherlands. When I went there in 2009, it was one of the best trips of my life. And for me, going there, it's a very spiritual place, in my opinion. Uh, I actually had a chance to go to Anne Frank's house, and I got in. I know it's hard to get in there, but I got lucky. I really experienced a very strong feeling of emotion when I was there and then, you know, just being there and I'm a big World War II boss. So like that part of that era reflects in my mind for some reason. But I want to ask you living and growing up in the Netherlands and having your soulful purpose. I love what way you phrase that. Uh, I want to ask you, how did you first begin your journey? Well, that started later in life because at first I didn't really know what I wanted to be. And I always saw that as a problem. Every time somebody asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? My answer would be happy. (laughs) (laughs) The answer that they wanted to hear. They wanted to hear something like ballerina or fireman or lawyer or doctor or, you know, that you chose something. And I now realize that because I wasn't myself and I didn't really know myself, I also didn't really know what I actually wanted, what was really important to me. Um, and I didn't know that I am a multi-potentialite, meaning that I have many different interests and I am good at a lot of different things. And that is actually my greatest strength. So after graduating high school, I started working in IT. I started working as a web designer, web developer, then later become a programmer, project manager, and eventually an agile coach because I was moving more from the technique side to the people side. But it wasn't until I ended up in a severe burnout because of the choices I had made leading up to that moment that I started on my journey of self-discovery, soul-searching, discovering who I am, what I really want, what makes me happy, uh, what gives me energy, and then creating my business from that place. So that's how my my business got started. <laughs> I love that kind of story. You took your passion and created it and made it a reality. And you yes. did it in such a way now that you're helping inspire the lives of many others around the world. And I think that's amazing. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah. In reference to what you have found from your journeys spiritually, and I'll phrase it like this, highly sensitive people, being extra empathic. What kind of advice do you give to our, any, anyone in our audience that struggles because they don't realize that they're strongly empathic, but they're affected by others' energy or emotions? How would you, how would you guide them? What would you say to them? Well, that is an, an excellent question. So thank you for asking it. Um, 
what I remember for myself is that I always felt weird and I felt strange and I seriously thought that there was something wrong with me for a long time, actually, because I didn't know I was a highly sensitive person. I didn't know I was an empath. I didn't know I was the level of intuitive that I am. And I thought I was just like everybody else. I thought that everybody was more or less the same. And that's also how I viewed the world and what I expected from the world, that people would treat me more or less the same than I treat other people. And I found out the hard way that it usually is not the case. So I got disappointed a lot. I got hurt a lot. Um, and I know that if you recognize yourself in any of these things that I'm sharing, that the chances are very high that you are either also a highly sensitive person or an empath or an intuitive person. Um, and the best advice I can give you is to figure out who you are. I don't like labels and I am not a fan of boxes. I don't feel like I am labeled or boxed when I call myself an HSP or an intuitive or an empath. They're just descriptors of the person that I am and they're all a very small part of who I am. I'm made up out of a lot of different things and so are you. Yeah, so that's advice. what I found when you say that. because <laughs> It resonates with me. <laughs> Thank you. So my advice would be to let go of what people taught you, what society expects of you, and have the courage to dive into your own user manual. Who are you? What makes you you? What makes you tick? What makes you happy? What drains your energy? What gives you energy? Um, and what are you passionate about? Start with getting to know all of these things for yourself and learn how you can handle yourself in this world that seems to be geared more towards the other group of people out there than towards us. Because to put it in perspective, highly sensitive people, empathic people, intuitive people, you know, because 20% of the world's population is intuitive or is highly sensitive or is empathic. But that also means that 80% of the world is not. That means in practice that four out of the five people that you meet are not like you, don't understand you, don't think like you, don't act like you, don't have the same morals and values as you. And they will make you feel like there's something wrong with you. Well, that's not the case. You're just different. You are not like the other 80%, but that's not bad. That's not wrong. That's not weird. That's not strange per itself. I've come to realize actually today that I am weird and I am <laughs> and I'm loving it. You know what? I'll say this to you. I talk to people outside of my parameters, like that don't know I'm, that what we, you know, the stuff we talk about all the time, because what we're talking about right now, we talk about this if there wasn't somebody recording us right now. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's right. the same conversation, right? We just happen to be sharing it for the show. And I love the topic. And, and listen, I love the way you just broke that down because I tell people that there's more intuitive people in the world than you realize. And you're likely, if you're listening to the show, you're probably intuitive in some way. If you have an interest in this stuff, you have an intuitive 
essence, I would say, but to say that 20% of the world population has intuitive abilities, can you imagine when you break that down to sheer numbers, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, to put it into perspective, the percentage of left-handed people, and we all know left-handed people, right? We've all seen or met left-handed people. The percentage of left-handed people is 11% of the world's population. <laughs> so, you know, 20% is a lot more than left-handed people with their 11%. So, you know, for me, put it a bit more into perspective and also why for the longest time I felt weird or strange because four out of five people, which is the majority of the people that you meet, they're not In your life. <laughs> yeah, right? How about especially when you're a child, right? Yes. Think of that. Finding out that I'm a highly sensitive person, it explains so much about my childhood that I didn't understand before. You know, I am for myself, if I'm feeling good and I'm in the right type of energy, I'm happy, I'm positive, I'm upbeat, I'm cheerful, I can be the life of the party if I need to be, but I can also be the quiet person that just observes everything and everybody in their natural habitat, so to say. But that's how I am when I'm feeling okay. And when I was young, from seemingly one moment to the other moment, I could be inconsolably sad, crying my eyes out. And my mom would come to me and she would ask me, why are you crying? Did something happen? Did you hurt yourself? Did somebody call you a name? Something. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I kept asking and I said, I don't know. I don't know why I'm crying. I don't know why I'm sad. I don't know. And I didn't understand how that could happen. And it actually was... Uh, a time in my life when they tried to label me as a borderline personality because I could go from insanely happy to insanely sad in like the blink of an eye. And it wasn't until I discovered that highly sensitive people take over other people's emotions as if they are their own that I finally understood this part of myself. It wasn't my sadness that I was feeling. I was just the conduit and I was the one expressing it but it was not my sadness. So that's why I could never say, why are you sad? It was not my sadness. So I didn't know. I was just exhibiting, exhibiting it. I was just expressing it. And all those types of things, you know, from childhood suddenly made sense when I discovered who I actually am. And when I started to see that the things that I was running away from, like my intuitive abilities, my emotions, but also my strong sense for justice uh, and my big empathy, my big heart, um, that those make me the wonderful person that I am. And that was you know, a big question. I had, I had another I had an author on my show uh, about two months ago, Courtney Marchesani, and she has a book. Uh, it's four gifts of the highly sensitive. Very high interesting that there's an overlap because you're in Europe. I consider that synchronicity that we're talking about this topic today. And then I had her with that, you know, it's very similar ideas uh, that you can have overload, that you could feel overwhelmed, yes. that you could, certain people can be so toxic to you that you have to get away from them. If you don't forget about it, you know, yeah, your feelings will be all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the interesting thing about that, I feel like that tying into being spiritual and having a spiritual awakening, there has to be a correlation because I feel like most highly sensitive people at some point in the future are very intuitive Yes, and develop that. And I think the difference with understanding where that begins and how to accept it is all about within your own self. 
I'll give my own mother as an example. She's been intuitive her whole life, but she didn't realize or accept it until she was 72. And she's 74 now because she was with me once on the plane and she realized that the information I was picking off somebody when I was reading them, she was picking up everything the same way. But she and she didn't bring it up to me when we got off the plane. I was like, yeah, well, that means you're a psychic too, or you're intuitive, or whatever it's called. Like you can read it. And it's all about, and a lot of people probably that 20% number, I bet you a lot of those people are probably the ones that doubt their own abilities and they never call themselves intuitive psychic. Yes, for yes because you know, for one, it's hereditary. So it makes total sense that they <laughs> got it from your mom, for instance. My grandmother was highly, highly psychic. Exactly. And I remember when I finally figured it out, I went to my mom and I said, mom, I finally figured out what was wrong with me. Because at that moment, I still thought there was something wrong with me. So I said, I finally figured out what's wrong with me. I'm a highly sensitive person. And her response was, yes, child, I know I am one too. That's not something to be proud of. <laughs> and I was flabbergasted. And I thought, well, why the hell not? And it turns out that she is one, and my grandmother is also one, but my grandmother had been raised to believe that life is easier when you are just like everybody else. That's and how that, my grandmother was too. My <laughs> they felt, my grandmother, I brought it up to her when I was five years old, I remember, because I felt, I call it deja vu moments. I, that's all I knew it as. Like I knew things before they happened, right? It must have been my clairvoyance or something. Precognition, one of those. And I remember bringing it up to her once. And I remember her saying to me, I've been doing, our whole family has it. Everyone on her side of family has it. We all have it because they're from Prague, Czech Republic kind of area, you know? And, but she said, we all have it. it it's, it's, it's a gift, but it's also a curse. Yeah. society won't accept it so you should keep it to yourself yes and so from that point on that's how i handled it but until i got into like my mid early 20s i'd say is when i really had it happen happen before my grandfather passed i had it a little before then and then when he passed the night he passed was when it really got activated or whatever but it is what it is but i want to ask you this when you when your experiences as you got into your own and and this goes into the, the concept of authenticity and i love that you have that as, as a theme of yours as well because i believe in that as well and when you look at your authentic self, at what point did you finally accept all of this? Was it after the conversation with your mom and, and kind of plowing through it more and understanding it more? Or was it at somewhat later time? No, actually, it's an ongoing process. I realized that actually today. So it's, it's fairly new that I realized it. I started to accept myself more and more with every new thing I learned about myself. And every new thing I discovered about myself, I started to accept it more and more. But it wasn't until COVID hit and I was kind of forced to go deep within and to do uh, healing on a very, very deep level that I discovered that I had this gift for the longest time. I knew things without any possibility of actually being able to know it through knowledge or hearsay or something, but I knew it and I was always right. And people were scared of me. They were scared when I said things like that. They were scared because it always either was true or came true. Um, and they made me feel like it was something undesirable, something to be ashamed of, something to get rid of. And as definitely not to, to talk with everybody about like I'm doing right now. And it's, it's so important that you realize it's not one moment. It's, I see us like an onion and every time we peel off another layer and we heal on that layer and we discover things about ourselves and, and when we are ready, we get to peel off another layer and we get to heal another stuff. And it could be that some things that happen to you, 
you have to heal on multiple layers within your onion, especially if it happened at a very young age or it struck your heart deeply. When it happened, you know, it could be that you need to deal with it on, on multiple layers. And every time we are lucky enough, because I see it now as being lucky, to peel off a layer to get more to your shiny bright core the thing that makes you gorgeous and incredible and wonderful and powerful and you know more of those types of words and every time you get to do that you get to see a whole new side of yourself or you get to see certain things of yourself in a whole new light and then immediately that brings about a very deep understanding on, on a different level than you had before. And that was the thing that I realized today when I was walking in the woods that I now fully accept and embrace everything that comes with it. And that I am now no longer afraid of saying I am weird. I am strange and I'm loving it. I don't want to be just like everybody else. No, I am not at all. <laughs> I would not want that. I'd rather stay the way we are. Right? Yes. So, yeah, there. I don't think, to answer your question, there's one moment I think it's an ongoing process. That's interesting because I, I'll, I'll point to my own self as reference here. For many years, I was uh, afraid if people in my public life, like other lawyers I know or people or my clients, prominent people I know in general, how would they feel if they knew I was psychic? How would they handle that? And I hid it. Cause I was practicing law in states like Mississippi and Alabama and Texas. And, you know, oh, yeah. just in, in the cities, it's great. You could be who you are, you know, you could tell people you're, you're intuitive or whatever, but not in terms of other areas. Yeah. So I kept it to myself and it wasn't until I met my one best friend, Megan, and she brought it out of me because she had her own spiritual shop here in Tampa and just lined up people for me to read over time. It took me about a year to be persuaded, but it worked. And then once I did that and I went out on my own with it, um, I just learned to set boundaries with it in my own life. Lawyers, business hours, psychic could be evenings, podcasting would be integrated around that. But the thing that I'm finding right now is my challenge is balancing all three. <laughs> it is like finding the time in my personal life and space with all the things I love to do. So, but being intuitive, it's a process. It's trying to understand yourself and reflect and have confidence in yourself, not let your ego get in the way. Yes. When you're reading something from somebody or also not letting greed get in the way of being a good, a good intuitive, you know, like, People have to balance all those things when you have this, these abilities, I feel. And, and just like, you know, there's, there's ethical people and less ethical people or whatever. There's also people with intuitive abilities that are like that as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, there's a balancing of all those things. I don't know if, you, if you've encountered what you, how your experience has been with unethical, intuitive people. Have you ever encountered anyone like that? Normally, a lot of the people I've encountered, I've been blessed that they've been mostly, you know, ethical people too. I also get it with uh, the question narcissistic and highly sensitive or intuitive and also autistic and highly sensitive and intuitive. And there are a lot of similarities uh, between everything while being a narcissist, especially, but also being an autist is usually not something that people desire. Uh, although being highly sensitive is also not high on the list of things that people <laughs> usually desire, if I'm being honest, but... Uh, <laughs> The first two are being seen as a disease or, or a disorder or something that's actually wrong with you while high sensitivity is just the way you are. It's the way you were born, the way you're wired, and it's not something negative or a disease or a disorder. It's, it's just uh, who you are. Everybody that is not standing in their power is not in their zone of genius. That's still either in the her child 
part of themselves or uh, some other form of un acceptance of self or uh, still wearing too many masks, hiding who they really are, uh, not in contact with their gifts and their abilities, they can be perceived as being an autist or a narcissist even, even though their normal natural nature is not like that. Somebody that has been hurt over and over and over again and that has been forced into a response of severe self-protection can be seen as a narcissist while they are not it's an it's a survival mechanism that's interesting you say that i feel like i met someone like that two years ago or so that was like very much inside because they got hurt a lot and they just shut down and they were hot and cold a lot it's interesting you say that because that might be part of what that person might have been going through being highly sensitive themselves potentially yes that could very well be and the same is also with autism, I find that when I am depleted, when I'm drained, when I'm overwhelmed, and when I'm hanging on by my nails and barely, you know, that when I feel like that, I also am more autistic than empathic at that moment because everything's just too much and certain things then just shut off. They shut off to protect us. And then you are not your normal self with all your normal abilities being open and free-flowing. And that can be perceived because a lot of people, especially here in the Western society, they love putting things in boxes or labeling things. Because if I know you're a narcissist, then I know how to treat you and how you will treat me, what medicine I need to give you, what therapy I need to give you. Then you're clear, <laughs> you know, you're, you fit somewhere. And <laughs> that's why we like to label people. But yeah. Why not to put somebody in a box so neatly fit in that box because they're not really in that box. They're just trying to be, you know, it's it's yes. not a good thing. Yes. And that's also why it's so hard to distinguish between all of these forms um, because it also really depends on how well the person is doing. So you can only really compare it when people are in their right type of energy. When they are happy and in their right type of energy and the behavior that they then exhibit that shows if they are a sociopath or a narcissist or an autist or a borderline personality or an intuitive or an empath or, you know, a regular Joe. <laughs> when you think of authenticity, what do you think sometimes is one's greatest barrier to becoming their authentic self? Oh, fear. Yes. And fear for a lot of different <laughs> things I actually discovered. It could be fear of rejection. It could be fear of being judged. It could be fear of finding, uh, being found lacking or fear of um, being uh, rejected, uh, not, not being good enough. Um, so usually it's, it's fear. A lot of times it's fear of um, being alone, ending up alone, that people will not accept you, that they will not love you, that they will not be want to be with you, that they won't want to have a relationship with you, won't want to become your client, uh, fear of losing <laughs> your job. Uh, if, yeah, fear. I have to say, I don't operate with fear, so it sounds foreign to me when you bring all that up. I have never had that kind of perspective. It's, hard, it's foreign to me. It's hard to hear and understand that. Like, yes, let's say, let's say you're interested in somebody and you're married to somebody, you know, or not, I wouldn't know if it's married, but let's say you're with somebody and you don't know anything about them. And then you realize that they're motivated by fear. How would you approach that person? I think fear comes from uncertainty and from unsafety. So 
if you want to overcome fear, you need to start relying on the fact that it's okay to be who you are, that it's safe to be who you are, that you can let out your deeper innermost self that you are trying to protect and that you're afraid of showing to the outside world. And that also needs to be a safe place. If you are afraid of being hit or ridiculed or rejected, then you also will not let out your real self. You know, that kind of a response, in my opinion, I feel like that could inspire our audience. I'm sure there's people in our audience who don't have the courage to be their authentic selves and they probably struggle with it every day. Like I would say I struggled with it in aspects of being psychic and intuitive and coming out about it. And we all have our own things that we go through. Right. And I love that you can explain it that way, because I think that has a lot of value to anyone listening right now who's struggling because of the COVID pandemic, maybe affected their impacted their lives and may have lost a loved one. My heart goes out to anyone affected like that. I've had some best friends, parents pass from it. That's the closest so far it's hit me. And I pray everyone gets their vaccine and stays home and, or does whatever needs to be done, wear masks in public, any, any methods. I, I just, I plead with our audience to pay attention to those things because we really are around the hump almost, but if we just fall backwards, it could be a very toxic situation for our societies with people not following just basic guidelines, like common science at what, and that's fear. That's another form of fear. People are afraid. So they have the uncertainty of fear. So they fill in the gaps themselves with the, what the, they think they want to end with instead of science and medical facts and reality. And all the science, the medical facts, and the reality are very hard to distinguish because there are so many contradicting science, medical reasons, and other stuff out there. So there are a lot of people in the pro camp that say it's good for you and that it actually helps, and then that's scientifically proven. But there are also a lot of uh, scientifically proven things around that say that the vaccine doesn't do anything and that the masks don't do anything. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard, I think, to distinguish what is real and what is not. And I think that the most important thing is that you follow your heart, that you do what you feel you need to do. And if you feel that you need to get your vaccine because of reasons that make total sense to you, then go get it. And if you feel that you do not want to get your vaccine for reasons that make total sense to you and that feel good, then don't do it. I think need to find their own way in it and that's the beauty of freedom of choice freedom of, choice, freedom of thought um and that's one of the things that i don't like about making it mandatory or uh, denying people entrance when they choose their own health instead of what society finds that they should be choosing because that takes away your freedom of speech your freedom of choice your freedom of being I guess it's all based on what are the needs of the greater good, right? If you're looking at trying to protect the innocent versus potentially exposing, this is my viewpoint there, but I just look at it from a certain, because I live here in Florida where masks aren't mandatory and people are like the wild west. And we were actually having the highest COVID rates in the, I believe the world, at least the country right now. And there's a a word fight going on between our president and, and the governor here over, you know, what to do. And it's like, at some point, I would have to say that if we become an, a, a full, you know, if, if our state goes into chaos because of the virus, at that point, we're going to have to implement some type of safeguards in place. It's like a false, it's like a false safe mechanism. I don't want to go back down in the lockdown. I, I would hate that. Right. Yes. But I also don't want people being irresponsible 
as well, where they need to take everything into consideration, depending on how high. I agree with you on that. You know, yeah. people need to take responsibility for themselves and they also need to consider the rest of the world. So for me, that means that I only go into public places when it's absolutely necessary and that responsible. I from everybody when I am there. Um, but I've seen the research that says that wearing a mouth mask or not wearing a mouth mask doesn't really make a difference. So for me, it's more about keeping my distance from everybody and making sure that whenever I'm not feeling right, I don't leave my house. And that's taking responsibility for yourself. Love that. Not okay in any form, I just don't leave my house. And a lot of people, and that's what I've come to realize, and that's a really big difference also between highly sensitive, empathic, and intuitive people and the other 80%, is the highly sensitive person, the intuitive person, the empath person, we think in we. How can we all benefit? What's in it for us? How can we survive this? Exactly. How can we support each other? We're very much in tune with we and being there for other people, Community. often also at our own expense, but that's a different story. <laughs> And community, though. You have a sense of community. Yes. And the other 80%, it's me. I want to do this. So why should I not do this? And I need this. So I'm going to do it. And it's, it's me, 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 me. And everybody does me, 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 me. Yeah. Then things go wrong. But I don't think it's in precautions like wearing a mask or taking a vaccine. It's using your God-given intellect and just thinking in we instead of I and me and what's in it for me and what I like and what I don't like. And I don't care about the rest. That's right. my, you know, I love having the exchange of ideas too. This is great. We can have an amazing conversation and talk about this stuff and have better. I, I gain from your understanding of what you're expressing right now. Anytime I do an interview, I learn from anyone I talk to. It's like such a great way of looking at it. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about this when we're talking spirituality, the pandemic was a big, it's still not over yet, but it, it definitely, I know it impacted you as much as probably me that we had to go inward and, and kind of sort out some stuff and, and become, you know, clearer with vision and everything else. And I guess what I want to ask you about, how have you shifted, if, if any, your life focus from after going through the pandemic and, and, and going inwards? Has there been a shift of your priorities outwards? Like I've had some shifts for myself. I'll go first. I just, I'll share this in case it's a vulnerable moment or something, but I'll say that I shifted my focus of letting go of the past and not being as hung up on things from even two years ago as something that's now. And I, I've, I let go and I forgave a lot of things and, and myself included. Mm-hmm. And I, I've worked as hard as possible that I'm okay being alone. Like I could be alone for a week and be okay with it, even if I don't have to be because I've gotten used to it from this pandemic. But I also like being a social person and doing normal things again. So I find for myself, I've actually had to coax myself to be more social sometimes when, you know, we're still not, I mean, now, right now it's hard here in Florida, but it's trying to get back into a normal flow with the new normal that we're living in. And it's hard for me. I have moments where I find that I have some anxiety about it and that staying home and doing this right now as an interview, talking about it is something I'm comfortable with, but going out there and experiencing the risk of being exposed to the virus as a cancer survivor, even with the vaccine, it's scary still. And, and, you know, that we have that threat of mortality. So I guess we're all living under those circumstances. And I feel like it's changing a lot of the things of how we're looking at each other, how we're associating with each other. I call it a spiritual renaissance. I wanted to ask you, have you felt that way? Do you feel like there's a spiritual renaissance coming upon us because of everything we've gone through? Everything that you're saying is, is resonating with me deeply. I, 
also went on a journey deep inside where I eventually didn't see a lot of people anymore or hardly anybody and where I was called to examine the past, let go of the past, heal the past, um, step fully into my power. And I eventually met someone that told me, yeah, but are you still going out? Are you still connecting with people? And I thought, well, not really. I Since COVID hit, I started walking. I now walk three hours every day. So more than 10 kilometers a day. And um, I love it, but it's making me more alone than before. And I've always been, no, that's not true. When I was young, I couldn't be alone at all. But I was being alone for a long time. So that didn't really affect me as much. I can work very well by myself. I can entertain myself. I can do fun stuff with myself, enjoy my own company. I can have the most amazing conversations with myself in my <laughs> completely laughing my ass off from some of the things I say in my own head. So, you know, that's... <laughs> It's amazing because I relate to what you're saying. You're right. But I am also an extroverted introvert. So that means I what the things I miss the most is going dancing, for instance. I nice. loved going dancing. I still love dancing, but now I dance by myself. <laughs> I'm having a blast, you know, by myself. The music is still cool. But sometimes it's also nice to connect with a partner or to connect with friends and to share in the activities that you're doing. And that has drastically diminished to almost or completely non-existent <laughs> so yeah what kind of music do you dance to when you're in your house <laughs> in my house i usually dance to something like deep house or something with a bass line but also something funky and a bit naughty <laughs> like like what kind of artist i i really like tap no at the moment for dancing it's uh, amazing, but also Nightmares on Wax uh, is, is one of my favorites or Air uh, for when I'm in a, in a more calmer mood. And uh, well, there are also a lot of songs that I love singing, for instance. So there are songs that I like to dance and sing to at the same time. So I, I hope my neighbors can still stand me. But <laughs> No, you're right. I've never I've never heard of Nightmares on Wax. I love music when I love soul music, funky music, uh, or trippy music. So it depends also on my mood. But when I want to dance, I like where I can move on and where I can flow on and where I can feel the beat and move my body to it. That's my <laughs> overflow valve. That's pretty cool. I like to set the tone. I like to, to connect with you on how you, I, music is a, a vehicle for me. I don't know if you've ever thought of this. When I tell someone what my favorite music is like, you could connect to each other by listening to the music together, even if you're remotely, you know, you're in the Netherlands, I'm here. But now that you've brought up an artist, I connect to that. I can feel the energy from that. And music to me also represents memories too. Like distinct memories from songs from the past can resonate oh, with yes. me and bring back those. Yes, there's I, one song, I don't even know the artist or the title, but whenever I hear it, I am 14, I am at the carnival, I am in the octopus, and we are <laughs> and it goes up and down, and I know I, I'm, I have my head back, and I'm looking at the sky, and we're going up and down and round <laughs> and round and up and down, and it feels like you're flying, and that feeling instantly comes back whenever I hear that song. 
uh, I'll tell you, I, I, songs resonate with me so heavily that it's helped me in this isolation period we went through, right? Because I would play music when I go walking. I play music when I come home. I work out with music. And then in the mornings when my mood was down, I would put a music, some type of music on. Yes. Luckily, I have two parrots and they'll dance to the music and it kind of wakes me up and keeps me lively. But I, having animals helps too. Yes. Um, having pets or being able to be in nature. But for me, for me, music's a major healing modality. Yes. I mean, it's massive. That I teach that you can make, a, I have a happy playlist, for instance. So wherever <laughs> I am down or sad or angry or some type of emotion, a low vibrating emotion that I don't want to have, then I just, I put on my happy playlist. And there are only songs on that list that make me happy if I want <laughs> to or not. <laughs> I love I love musical artists for that reason. Like any kind of artist, it doesn't matter if you have something like that and you're creating yourself out there and you're 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 putting yourself out there with your passion and creating music and then others create and attach memories to it and live through those songs and I mean that in and of itself has been something that's been able to, you know, keep my calm when I get stressed out or if I feel like I'm inside too much or if I feel like, you know, the reality of the present day gets a little too unsettling for me sometimes. Yes. I'll listen to a good song. I'll, I'll, you know, come up but with a concept. Me, it also tells a story. So I had people ask me, what is your favorite song? And <laughs> when I would tell them, they would say, oh, but, but nobody is singing. It's just- <laughs> Does that matter? Does that matter? You can listen to I said, you know, I, I, to me, the whole song, it tells a story. There's one instrumental song that, for me, tells the story of my life. I recognize the ups and the downs and the hard times and the conquering moments. And it, it tells that story. And not a word is being sung. <laughs> <laughs> because you, it resonates with you. You can, you can connect to it on such a level. And that's why concerts in the future will be so important in the future when people can do that communally again. But for now, virtually... You can you can create those kind of experiences for yourself in in different ways. You know, you can put stuff out there. People, are, a lot of people are creating podcasts. I love this. There's been such a proliferation of podcasts that have happened. I think there's like 2.6 million podcasts in the world, right? Okay. Every podcast is a platform for somebody that they can express themselves through, right? So I anyone started my right? podcast at the beginning of COVID before I didn't have a podcast, and then after COVID hit, I thought, yeah, I can do a podcast. I can do a podcast. <laughs> I started mine in 2018 and I didn't know what I was doing at all. I started from scratch. I didn't even have any prior, you know, it, it, you got to teach yourself all these different things. And yeah. I've been blessed that the things just fall in place, but it's, it's just, it's a, it's a process. And then I have friends who hit me up now and are like, so how hard is it for me to start a podcast? <laughs> I'll like research it. And I'll tell you, it could take you some hours a week, depending on what you do with it. If it's a passion of yours or if it's just something you just express yourself on. I have a friend who's just um, reading his own book on a podcast to get himself out there, but oh, yeah. not expecting anything of it. May not even release it, but he's doing it for himself. So yeah, yeah. this as a media is a is a very great outlet for a lot of people for a cost-effective way, I think, that people can actually, anyone in my audience who thinks about wanting to have a podcast and you're passionate about it, I say, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? There's no failure to putting yourself out there. There's knowledge gain, expansion, and growth. I have the same with videos. People also tell me, oh, that you that you are not scared to put yourself out there and that you uh, are not scared of, of videotaping yourself. Well, I have news for you. I was scared to death. The thing I hated the most in life was having my picture taken. Of course. <laughs> Going on video, recording myself, I thought, oh my God, please no. 
But I mean, think about this. I used to be so up, uptight in front of a camera. Like my first earliest YouTube videos, my friends would tease me about it. I released one and I remember somebody was like, you look like a mannequin. You need to chill out. And it was like, you know, it takes a process to get used to even just doing a Zoom call in front of a camera and recording it and putting it out there. That's a process. Yes. It's not it's not an easy process either. You've got to like get out of that prior mindset of fear. It's all about fear. You're right. I remember my first video that I actually uh, recorded for my HP TV. I am on the beach near the river. So not the ocean, but the, the beach at the river. And I'm in my bikini. I'm not wearing any makeup. And all of a sudden, I just got inspired of creating this video because how do you relax? How do you uh, go back from being overwhelmed to feeling like your natural self again? And for me, that was taking a day off, going to that beach, nobody around, just sun and sand and water. And I bring nice food and I bring nice drinks and I bring my book. <laughs> I love that. You're painting in a beautiful scene right there. Yes. And that's what I showed them. I'm here. I'm doing this for this and this reason. And I like doing this and this for that and that reason. And that became my first video. And the response to it was amazing. People saying, oh, and it's just like you. And that's the way you talk. And I love your video. And it's so inspirational. And you found your voice in that yeah. in that media or in that example it's like with me with the show i found my voice doing this over time and the more comfortable i get with it and the more i enjoy it it's actually therapeutic for me i do a, i do an interview with you today I'm, I'm pretty elevated for a few hours afterwards on endorphins just happy that we had this amazing conversation and we created this it makes me smile naturally right like you're smiling right now that's what i love i love the contagious uh smile that we can share with each other Yes. Because we've been through a lot and we're going through a lot, but collectively we could at least, you know, let people know you can heal yes. just by laughing in front of each other on the camera. Right. You can, you, I mean, I was on a call yesterday with a prospective guest coming on my show. Like I talked to you last week, I have these prospective calls and I had, it was a Friday evening and I was in a good mood. It's Friday. And we got on the phone. We started laughing half the time about conversations, just like I'm talking to you right now. I just feel like we can connect on such a deep level, even doing this and being able to share each other's experience is a blessing for us. Yes. When you think about it, Definitely. and I don't mean to get so deep with that, but I just, I, I feel that. I, I, I love that you can share your perspective here because it's important. Mm -hmm. It's important that you're able to share it, but it's important for people to receive it. People in the audience who doubt things and who are afraid of things or who fear being highly sensitive. So yeah, cool. and another thing I wanted to share is that it doesn't have to be perfect. A lot of us, we tend to procrastinate until it's perfect or we have everything that we think we need, like the perfect uh, microphone or the perfect recording setup or for a podcast or maybe the perfect video camera. And, you know, I found that it doesn't have to be perfect. You can already record your podcast just with your mobile phone and the internal microphone. Make sure that you're in a, in a space with no other sounds and and just talk record and the same is with video my first video was on my mobile just i don't i didn't even have uh, what what do you call those things that you can uh, have it further away on a stand oh I yeah like camera or lighting no no the stick oh the selfie stick I selfie stick i just here's the funny thing in the world i literally ordered a little light like one of these just for my set you know and it came with a selfie stick and I'm looking at this going, oh my God, I've never had one of these. And I'm not, I'm not taking a selfie stick in public. I'm not one of those people. You'll oh see me God. if I'm on the bridge here in Tampa when I go walking. Yes, I'll snap 
with my iPhone, but that's the limit of me doing anything. I'm not taking a stick and walking with it outside in public where like, I think Disney banned it other because of the advent of it, right? We all have selfie sticks. Well, I just finally got one sent accidentally when I ordered some extra lighting for my show today. Like I laughed about, I'm like, who can I give this away to? (laughs) I'm not using a selfie stick. No, me neither. And that's what I wanted to say. You don't need it. You do. I I also, it's how far my arm can go. That's the limit of uh, the the, the camera range. And how about the angle <laughs> try to find that right angle and then you're looking at it, you're like damn it <laughs> and it doesn't matter you know people connect with you with your energy with how That's you cool. talk how you are your message and it makes you even more relatable when the angle is not perfect and, and yes. when your picture is a bit bumpy or you can hear the wind you know it makes it relatable and it makes it so that people start to believe that they might actually be able to do something similar as well and not and not being afraid of losing that you know losing a part of yourself with something or losing a a part of a bigger aspect of it yes because you can get stuck in postponing starting with your business starting with your podcast starting with your youtube channel or whatever because you feel like you don't have everything you actually need it's more about just doing it and starting right. than it needing to be perfect and you needing to have everything that you think you need Barbara, I'm just so grateful for you coming on i mean we're actually running low on time but i want to ask you how can our audience find you where would they go Well, I can be found on all major social media platforms under HSP coach Barbara and then Barbara with an E. So B-A-R-B-E-R-A. And that's also my website, www.hspcoachbarbara.com. And I have a free gift. I actually have two free gifts for everybody that's listening. The first gift is my latest ebook. I've written four. Uh, The first is the HSP survival guide. The second is the burnout self-help guide for a highly sensitive, intuitive, and empath people. The third is called the Transform Your Limiting Beliefs ebook. Um, and, and you can all get a copy of that one and, and just message me. But the one that I've written right now, it's called Roadmap to Living a Life You Love. And in it, I define the five steps that you need to take to just be who you were always meant to be so that you can do what you love doing most while having a crystal clear vision of the life that you want to wake up for in the morning. And uh, people can download that if they go to my website or if they go to hspcoachbarbara.com slash roadmap. That's my first free gift to everybody. And my second free gift is just a heart-to-heart chat with me. You can book a free call through my website with me. Um, I'm not going to sell you anything. There are no strings attached. It's just really getting to know each other, having a talk like I'm having with Jason here (laughs) right now today and and having a lot of fun and, and seeing if we can connect. And if I can help you with stuff, perfect. If I cannot help you, then I really loved getting to know you so that's my second gift to everybody that's uh, that's uh, listening or watching today let me ask you this i i could tell you'd be fun <laughs> out, outside sometime in nature it'd be fun to hang out with you like we were talking last week you were in the woods actually i remember that i want to share like it was pretty cool you were talking to me and you were in the middle of hiking yes. and I, I just i love that because that shows you put what you put to practice what you're talking about and i um I want to ask you this, looking at your life right now and what you've done and what you've accomplished, where do you see yourself five years from now? Oh, I, I would love to have my 
ideal house. I would love to live in a place where there are less people close by, where there's more nature and where I feel even more at home than where I am now. And I would love to share that with the people that are important in my life. So that's the main thing of, of what I want for my personal life and for my professional life. I am gearing up in wanting to give truly transformative retreats. And since COVID hit, that has become, uh, well, I wanted to say a challenge, but I think it's just, it's it needs to be in a different form than it could have been before. But I still truly want to do amazing things for people that are ready to step into their zone of genius and make it something that when you look back on it, that you think, the moment I decided to do that, that was the moment that everything shifted and changed for me. That's what I want my legacy to be to do the people um, of this planet. If you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be in? Why? Oh, that is a very challenging question. I think I would be a dragonfly. Okay. I love that. Why? Yes, because I need to be free, but I'm also very strong. And for me, a dragonfly is both elegant and fragile in a certain way which i can be but it's also a very strong animal and its message is a message of transformation and freedom and that's what i would like to stand for as well so i i have a very special bond actually with dragonflies uh, usually they come and sit on me i had an experience where i had eight dragonflies sitting on top of me that would be an amazing picture. <laughs> Have you I taken any? Managed to get a couple of pictures, but just not the entire overview. But you could see them sitting on me. And I felt so blessed because they usually do not do that. And I was already there. I thought, oh, I have a dragonfly. You know, that was one. And then I was like, I have two. And then it was, <laughs> and it ended up being eight and two of them. And I'm not kidding. Two of them were even having sex. So I had my own personal porn show. How did you take the picture without disturbing them if they were on you? Because I, I had my mobile in my hand because I was reading a book <laughs> on my mobile at the time. And that was, you know, normally I would never have done that, but I had forgotten my e-reader. So I couldn't read on my e-reader. So I was using my mobile to be able to read something. And luckily with the mobile, you can take pictures. So it was very... Could that be a new book for you with a cover? <laughs> Seriously, I, I, as you said that, I got that. I saw literally that image on the front of a book. And you're going to have something about your inner purpose or something about like connecting. And I don't know. You're going to have another book coming out. I love that. Yes. I just got I, that. I feel like that I, picture I is, is more. So yeah, <laughs> that, that you could write a whole book around that picture. You know, you could. Yes. I think you could. Cause I see a picture on the book and I feel like to me, that represents the premonition that you're going to write a book on that picture. <laughs> Everything that you believe that's connected to that. Cause that's a deep core of you being yes. shown on camera. Right. I see yeah. that as maybe because I'm intuitive and you're intuitive and I feel your energy as you describe it. And I, I have the image of it in my mind. And I feel like that's such a fascinating thing to capture. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're right. 
I, I also have this other amazing story where a dragonfly was sitting on me. I was in the sauna at that moment and I was reading my book and it came and it sat here on my shoulder. And I was like, okay, this is close by. But obviously you're feeling happy there. I thought, okay. <laughs> and I was sitting there for more than an hour already. And then some lady came up and she was saying, you have a dragonfly on your shoulder. Do you want me to scare it off? <laughs> <laughs> And I told her, like, that's my friend. <laughs> been there for more than an hour. And she was like, seriously, <laughs> you're fine with that. And I thought it's very special because it's very close by. And eventually I, 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 I really needed to pee. And I was already wiggling my body because, you know, I really needed to pee. And then I, <laughs> I needed to shoo it away because I needed to find the toilet. Otherwise, I would have peed right there, which is not appropriate. <laughs> Just go on up your outside. But it, it was all these experiences to me, they are one of a kind and amazing. How often does it happen that, that a dragonfly sits on you for that amount of time, that close? How about eight? Right? Yes. Eight was even more special. But that's, that's an interesting point. Quantity versus Quality, quality time with one for an hour, quality, you know, quantity eight on a picture. Well, the eight also were on me, I think, for at least 45 minutes. Was anyone with you or were you by yourself? I was by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's some, some way of the universe reassuring you with stuff. Having eight dragonflies sit on you. To me, that represents a synchronicity of the sort where you could look at that as like there's synchronicity to the number eight, which is good luck and good fortune. There were eight of them on you. And there's a special connection between you and the dragonfly. So that to me is what that reflects. Did not miss from the universe. Yes. That's that's how I interpret that. That's just my two-second read. But yeah, I think it's it's about abundance, it's about support, and it's about reinforcement that you're on the right path for yourself. Yes, exactly. And balance, because it's eight. Yes. It's a balanced number. And I believe in Asian culture, eight is like the luckiest number you could have. Yes. I may be wrong when I say that. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I just know that eight is a, is a number of fortune, uh, yeah. good opportunity and good. When I say fortune, I mean like good fortune, like good spirits, good abundance and yes. not necessarily monetary. I mean, it's going to be monetary too. But, yeah, what know. I love about eight is when you put it on its side, it's, it's infinity. What a way to end on a good note. <laughs> <laughs> Mara, I want to thank you for coming on today. This has been a, a really special experience for me, not just an interview, uh, connecting with you like last week and now and just talking today, having your ability of sharing your perspective about HSP, highly sensitive people and, and, and looking at intuition from the vantage point of, you know what, it's not an isolated thing. You know, you might have one person or two people, you know, who are intuitive that you're aware of. That doesn't mean that there's 20% of the population. That's, that's a good chunk of people. I mean, it's like 60 million people in the United States alone. I have a lot of people that tell me, but I, I don't know any highly sensitive people. And I say often to them, I think you do, but I think you just, you're not recognizing them. When you are not in tune with yourself, when you are not the person that you need to be, you're often also trapped inside your own head, inside your own sphere of influence and with a set of limiting beliefs that prevent you from actually recognizing other people. And the more you get to know about yourself and who you are, the better you are able to see it in others, to recognize it in others, but also to allow it to enter your life. 
when I see you communicating it like that about the flow of the energy of like self-love and love and, and openness and authenticity, those are powerful messages of empowerment, right? I mean, telling somebody they could be cut off from themselves because they're not open and they're not authentic with themselves and they don't need to fear fear anymore. You could be yourself. You don't have to fear yourself. You yeah. don't have to fear who you are. Ultimate freedom. A lot of people talk about financial freedom and yeah, that is great. I'm not going to lie. Financial freedom is awesome. <laughs> freedom to be who you are. And to be happy about it and not be afraid, right? Yeah. To be happy who you are and not to be afraid of who you are and know that you're going to be protected. You're okay. Yes. Even when you're broke, that's still worth so much. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I think it's a freedom of the spirit. So there's freedom of wealth, freedom of financial abundance, but there's freedom of spirit. And when you're in your authentic way, able to convey who you are and, and express self-love and true love and unconditional love to others in your life, family members or in a relationship or whatever it is, friends, that I think is where your, your spirit grows. Yes. You no longer growth. feel like an imposter. You no longer feel like you can be found out at any moment because that, that's what a lot of people feel when they are not their true self. Um, Why though? You always got to go to the bottom of that because I think most of the people who have those thoughts um, I was plagued by that many years ago too, I guess, is you fear the worst. And you know what? In reality, the worst isn't going to happen. Rule of no. numbers, it's not going to happen. Take those worst thoughts out of your mind and, and don't worry about it. Well, what I usually do is think in a certain situation, what's the worst that could happen? And then I think, <laughs> well, okay, I can handle that. <laughs> if that's the worst that can happen and I can handle that, then what's there to be afraid of? That represents a lot right there because then you're turning inwards and, and that's probably what you learned from the, I, I learned this too. It's like, you could turn inwards and see your greatest fears, expose yourself, fear of being alone, fear yeah. of whatever. And in reality, it's only what you make it as a fear. You could yeah. get yourself out of that situation. You can manifest yourself out of that. You could think of other alternative options that you can create in your world that you're not trapped in one particular situation. Yes. You see, take the fear of being alone, for instance, even if I am completely alone, even if I speak to nobody ever again, I still have so much fun with myself. <laughs> I can still be in nature, walk and do everything, dancing by myself in my living room. <laughs> do that too. <laughs> I'm sure we look really silly to the outside world, but it doesn't matter. We're by ourselves. It doesn't, well, doesn't anyone matter anyway. But spiritually, I, I, I talk to my deceased loved ones like I... I feel like I get the information back from them in dreams and stuff. And I used to have this a lot when I was in traffic jams, when I still was working for a boss, then you need to just go into traffic jam on your way to work. And there's no going around it, especially not in this country, uh, because there are morning and evening traffic jams whenever everybody goes to work or comes back from work. And I would be the odd one that was having. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would see the other drivers looking like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you cranky or upset that you're stuck in traffic? And I thought, well, as long as I'm stuck here, I better make the best out of it. Make, make the best of it. That's exactly it. I think, you know, um, I have, I'll just tie one other prior episode here. Jungle Gene is an author of a book, uh, one of my books that we're, we're featuring uh, with uh, Miss Jendrew, one of our guests. And they, she brought up an example of... They're in the natives um, in Jungle Gene. The book references natives from the 1950s with um, just a situation. They had a canoe that they had to carry over and there were the natives who were happy about the adversity 
versus people who weren't from there that struggled and complained and cried about it and scraped themselves and were upset. And the point of that conversation I had previously with her was about perspective. You could embrace your perspective and smile, laugh, dance, make the best of it. Even when you're feeling down, sometimes I feel like when I connect and do that, it brings my mood up. It elevates me. Doing our episode elevates me. So like the more of these I can do, the more elevated I feel sometimes. And that's my coping mechanism, right? We all have one and I can be creative with my coping me- mechanism. So why not? For you, it's being in nature. It's creating these amazing things. It's, it's connecting people. It's helping, helping explain to people who they are. Yes. You're interpreting people for themselves. Yes. It's huge. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing that with us and being able to give the authentic aspects of all the struggles, all the positives, but the good, the bad, the ugly. It's like, it's there, you can deal with it, but you can also look at how you frame it. And if you frame it from a positive point of view, you're not going to be sitting there complaining about it long-term because you'll learn how to manifest around it or create better opportunities for yourself or figure out ways or ways through it. I try to always find the silver lining in everything that's happening because no matter how shitty it is, there's always a silver lining. There's always something positive to be found. I, I, I agree with you. Like, I'll give you one example. My cancer. People look at cancer, like, <gasps> you know, horrible, horrible. And, yes. and you know what it was for me? It was a life transformative experience. It made me appreciate my own mortality. It made me realize my own connection to spirituality. I had some premonitions, near-death experiences, whatever you want to call it. When I was under anesthesia, my grandfather came to me and conveyed to me about a prayer my mom had for three months that I was unaware of. And mm-hmm. he basically told her that she wasn't going to die before me, that I would die a natural death and she would die a natural death. She would die before me. I wouldn't die before her, I mean to say. So like I had all those learning experiences, but cancer, I know it's a terrifying thing. And, and, and I only had stage one kidney cancer. I don't mean to say only, but that's how I got early detection. Thank God. But it changed how I look at my health. It changed how I looked at my relationships with people in my life. I got rid of those who didn't serve me value. It, uh, it introduced me to some amazing people along the way. And it made me realize that that's a big moment of my life that I gained life experience from, but also figured out deeper things about myself. Yes. That's what my burnout did for me. And I, you know what? The more we can talk about this to each other and have it out there, I feel like other people can connect with that. Yes. People can say, you know what? I had one of these life transformative experiences during the pandemic and it made me realize, you know what? Maybe I don't want to work for someone else. Maybe I want to be more entrepreneurial and take the risk. Maybe I want to figure out my relationship better with someone that I haven't talked to in a while. Maybe I want to be realer with myself. Maybe I want to, there's a lot of those. Whatever it is, embrace it. I want to be able to look myself in the mirror every morning and say, I love you to myself. Exactly. Exactly. You have to do that. It starts with something as simple as that. If you can't do that, if you can't look at yourself in the mirror and say to yourself that you love yourself, that's when you need to take steps to get mental health check in place, go to see somebody, counseling, any kind of self-love. I tried to tell myself that I loved myself in the mirror. I couldn't get the words out. I could only cry and choke up and I, I... I couldn't even get it out. And I know there are a lot of people in the same boat, in the same situation that do feel on a certain level that they love themselves. Because if you ask someone, do you love yourself? They say, of course, (laughs) I love myself. But then being able to say it to yourself while looking yourself deeply in the eyes, that's a whole different level right there. Exactly. And, and And that's the part of being authentic. Yes. Self-love and authenticity go hand in hand, I believe, because if you're able to love yourself and gain that increased love for self, 
your ability to be authentic with yourself and others will grow. Yes. Yes. It's learning to love what you see in the mirror <laughs> and having funny conversations with it in your head. <laughs> I'll tell you this. When I was in my 20s, I was terrified of going bald. Then I turned 30 and my grandmother got me haircut for men for a year or two with this glued on hair stuff. I'll reveal my vulnerabilities. I don't care. I'm 45. I've been bald 14 years after that. The, the smartest thing I did was get that thing off my head and live my authentic self and ex accept that I'm bald and it's okay. And I, you know what's funny about that? Once I figured that out, it liberated me in so many ways because I was trying to do something that just wasn't authentic. It wasn't real. It wasn't myself. And it took my college friends to remind me of who I was because they would laugh at me when they saw me. But it, it was turning 30 at that time. It was hard at that stage. That's also fear right there. Yeah. Terrified. Terrified. I'm not afraid anymore. Obviously, I'm bald and yes. I'm okay with it. And, uh, you know, and I, I just think that that's something that we can all tell each other. Yeah, you, you have moments. You have moments where you're like, you know, not authentic. You're not, you're not who you should be. You're not in your real skin. Yes. I think it's all about exposing your real skin in a way of, of being vulnerable and not being fearful. Yes. Just being who you are. And if people say, I hate you. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can hate me. I don't care. I'm not going to hate anybody. Yes. And, and that's, you know, what uh, one of the biggest lessons I think I learned is that what other people say or think about you has everything to do with them and very, very little with you. But we turn it around. We make it say everything about ourselves instead of looking at the person who's actually saying or doing those things. Or doing an action that they don't realize their, their, their actions have reactions, that they might act in a way that has a consequence on someone else that they don't think about because they're so engrossed in themselves and stuck in their not authentic self. Yeah. Uh, Basically. Well, <laughs> I just want to thank Barbara for coming on the show today and sharing such an authentic conversation, one where we could discuss things and not have fear, have differences of opinion, but embrace that and respect each other's everything. I just think looking at highly sensitive people Empaths, intuitives. I consider myself a, a, probably an empath, intuitive. I'm also highly sensitive at times. I've learned how to get through that. But someone like Barbara's experience in helping you, giving you guidance, listening to you, taking your information and giving you some, some real life alternative options to help you through situations. Check out her podcast and her information and HSP TV and on YouTube and uh, you got to go to our website, www.hspcoachbarbara.com. And I really do believe that you can have your authentic soul power in a way that gives you the ability to, to understand yourself, that you could transform from fear and gain freedom. Personal experience with these things is what gains your life experience. And I think Working with someone like Barbara and hearing her viewpoints today on the show is just fascinating to me because it offers another viewpoint that gives some guidance to helping us live 100% ourselves and not being afraid to shed the past, to shed barriers, to, be, to even just look at fear as not something that's going to really impact you or affect you. You can get through things without being fearful. And to become authentic, it's a process. It's not like you just wake up one day and say, I'm going to live my authentic self. I would think if you started today, it's going to take you certain days to form a habit and the habit becomes a part of who you are. And if it's a habit to be authentic, well, figure out yourself, what is it that would make you feel more authentic to yourself? 
Is there a fear of somebody finding out something about yourself, like being psychic? Is it being hung up on something from the past where you're hurt and you haven't let go? When I say let go, I mean, forgive, forgive yourself, forgive the other person, but let go. That's how you could live more in a strong position of things, discovering your passions and understanding things and just being able to express. And I, I do really mean what I said earlier, that if you have a desire to start a podcast or have a platform or do something for yourself, be creative. If you're creative, you have to create and express. It is truly for your soul and for your heart's purpose to do so. So look into Barbara's information, check this stuff out. And I'm just so excited to have her on the show. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Until next time, stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid. Electric acid.